On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we are doing our normal college roll around where we talk about what teams went up, what teams went down, and a surprising futures value pick of a team that has one loss and an unexpected loss at that. And then we're going to go and revisit SVP and this whole ridiculous rat hole that happened on Twitter around fading the public. And then finally, we're going to go to the NFL, where Rufus and I agree on a lot, which is either good for you guys or bad for you guys. Only time will tell. As always, the Bet the Process podcast is brought to you by the Sports Action Network. Um, There's a lot of things on there. Some are good, some are bad, but the actual app is amazing. The app allows you to track all your betting picks. It gives you the best line movement, the best lines, and it's available for free. So with that, let's start the process. Welcome to this week's episode of Bet the Process. It's season two, episode eight. Uh, I'm in Barcelona. Rufus is somewhere struggling with his microphone. So, what do you? What say to you, Rufus? Where are you? Um, I don't know. Over under how many comments will we get on Twitter about your audio, Jeff? Well, they don't know which audio is which. So right now, I'm very fixated on it. So. Um, where are you, Rufus? I think they all assume any audio problems are yours. But I'm actually in Washington, D.C. right now. Um, okay. The girlfriend and I are going to be down here for uh, for the weekend. It's my birthday on Friday. So we're going to celebrate a little bit and uh, have a little party on Saturday night. It's going to be fun. Happy birthday. When Thanks. you turn, like, 17? Yeah, close. The big 3-3. Three, three. Wow. Okay. It's probably time you should settle down then and make that woman an honest woman. That's eventually that's the plan. Yeah. Hmm. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast because she might have she expectations. <laughs> okay. There's, there's, so there's a time frame. There's a time frame. Let's start with college. Let's do it. What do you, what says you about everything that happened last week? It was, it was honestly a pretty crazy week, right? You had Washington losing uh, Miami, Georgia, Penn state. Who am I leaving out? There's another big team that lost. Wasn't there? I don't know. You're the expert. Hey, I'm the one that went one and four on my picks last week. But yeah. honestly, all, all the chaos, um, all these losses, actually, rather than putting things like more into more chaotic, it actually kind of creates some order. Kate and I actually wrote our article about that this week for the Washington Post. So you have uh, you have my you sorry you have uh, Alabama and Clemson basically at the top tier now. Clemson jumps to 90% to make the playoffs. They're the number one team there. Alabama's too at, at 89%. And Alabama's obviously the far and away the best team in the country. But but Clemson has the easiest path, right? Because they have, I mean, Miami loses. The ACC looks very weak. And Clemson has a loss to give, as does Alabama. But the the real big beneficiaries of, of this past weekend were Michigan and Oklahoma, who who jump up. They Oklahoma dropped quite a lot after after their loss to Texas, but they come off of bye and are suddenly back in the mix now, uh, just by virtue of all the other teams losing. But uh, one interesting thing to note is that there are still twelve teams, Jeff, 
that have a two thirds chance or greater of making the playoffs if they win out. So a lot of teams still control. Who are those 12 teams? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if you can list them. Uh, Okay. Clemson, Alabama. Yep. Notre Dame. Yep. Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Michigan. Yep. Georgia. Yeah. Um, You want some help? No, I don't want any help. What's that? I've said said six so far, and I'm going off of like, uh, there's got to be a Pac-12 team. So I'm no, I'm no Pac-12 that. teams. No Pac-12 no, teams. Okay. Pac-12 is now six percent to make the playoff. Um, Texas. I'm I I I believe Texas probably is actually because if they yeah if they went out they'll be a well. How do you believe teams. this? You don't have this in front of you if you're asking me the, who the top no, twelve I, teams I, are. I did this research for the Washington Post article, but I don't have it in front of me with the actual answer. But I think that. <laughs> I, I'm just. Not, I, I was stalling, honestly. I was. I was stalling in hopes that you would. Uh, you would get them all. You don't but, have I mean, the actual it, answer. Probably another SEC. SEC. Team. Probably LSU. A lot of SEC teams. LSU. You have LSU. LSU. You have. I mean, you have basically any one loss SEC team is in a is is that is in so a Kentucky. Right? So Kentucky's there too. They don't have any chance to do that, but they're there. Okay. West Virginia there so, as well. Texas, West Virginia, NC State, Florida. I think that's it. I think it's 12. Okay. So what's interesting is, like, how hurt was Georgia by that loss? My guess is they weren't that hurt that badly because they still have, like, a chance to make the national championship. They, they do, but, but what it says about how good their team is is, I mean, I think that's, that's what hurts them a lot, too. I mean... Yes, they they'll still be a playoff team if they win the SEC. But what we know about them now, it's going to be a lot harder for them to win against Alabama. So, so just so just so ju- wait, 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 stop. So just based on one game, you feel like you know so much more about them. It's not just that. It's now that they don't have the margin of error that they did before. No, 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 no. You just said but we just know. what we, we know, know about them. You're saying just from that one game, they're that much worse. No, um, no, you're right. They don't actually drop very much in the ratings at all. I don't think they even drop um, any spots. They just lose ground against Alabama. But that ground does matter because they're going to probably have to play Alabama if they make the SEC championship game. So they dropped from 48% overall to make the playoff last week. So you're saying that your ratings, you're saying that your ratings now change in their chance to beat Alabama in that game. Right. So Georgia and that's dropped, the biggest difference. Georgia drops a point and a half in the ratings. Yes. So that makes a difference. But so what I, do you make them now? What's your what's what do you make them now to win the national championship? To win the national championship, they are now uh 16.7 to 1. So last week they were 7.3 to 1. So their chances are cut in half. And a lot of that, I mean, yes, if they went out they're still in. But they can they now can't lose any other games right i mean so they can't i mean they play what florida they they have to win that i mean there there are games that are going to be tough they're I they're, think they're better than most people think they are you're like talking out of both sides of your mouth you said that just because of that game they've dropped where they're not you don't really think they have a chance to 
make it. And then now you think they're much better than people think they are. They dropped a point and a half, but I think that the perception is they drop a lot more than a point and a half. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so where where I don't even know where are they in the in the uh, AP poll? Um, I don't know either. Okay, well, right. that just shows how much we care about the AP poll. Exactly. I mean, wasn't West Virginia like number six going into last week? Even though they'd beaten like, I think Texas Tech was the best team they played. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 astounding. It's it's all wins and losses, right? So what but, what say you about Notre Dame? They had a close call against Pittsburgh. They did. They were one of the big movers. They moved down from 8 to 10 in the ratings. Um, the, uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State, actually, both struggled mightily in wins, and both were, were graded pretty harshly there. And so both see their chances. Um, well, Notre Dame actually sees their chances stay about the same, despite all the carnage around them. Now they have an easier path, but we think that they're a worse team. Got it. Ohio State actually does see do see their chances drop from 59% to make the playoff to 50%. And they go from being we now think Ohio State's only 13 to 1 overall. They've had they've had consecutive bad games. So when you look at Notre Dame and their rating going forward, you're not quantifying at all the impact of Ian Book, are you? Um no, no, I'm not. In his did he play poorly last week? Or well? No, I'm asking you a question. I'm not. You, I do not take quarterback. In, do you know which in, position he plays? He, he's very good. Quarterback. He plays yeah. quarterback. He, he's a low ceiling quarterback, right? Is that uh, an accurate assessment? I think that's what that's what I've heard people say. I mean, a lot of people think that the change from Wimbush to him is a big deal for Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, you know, didn't they beat Michigan with Wimbush at quarterback? They split time, but yeah. Okay, but you also said that in that in that Michigan game that they got outplayed. They should have lost. Yeah. So again, like talking out of both sides of your mouth, I don't understand. You know, everything is in black and white, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> You're a little feisty today, huh? Well, I'm just trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure out how all your ratings work. Yeah. You're gonna reverse engineer it. <laughs> So what about college football futures? Any value? Yeah, there actually is some. Uh, Clemson still, I think I, I mentioned that last week. Clemson, they make a big jump. Um, despite having a buy, they move from plus 272 to plus 239, and Westgate has them at plus 400. So that's quite a big edge there. Uh, you don't have to think my model's perfect to think that. I mean, that's that's a ridiculously large edge. And So even if, even if uh, you want to regress that to the market or whatever, um, it seems like a very good bet. Oklahoma, uh, they jump from 31 to 1 to 17 to 1. Also, they come off of a buy just because you have the West Virginia loss, the Georgia loss, the Washington loss, the Miami loss, the Penn State loss. So their path, um, you know, suddenly looks, it, suddenly it looks a lot easier. Um, and actually, they're available at, let's see, Westgate has them at 40 to 1. 40 to 1. Wow. That, that, yeah. They're the favorite in the Big 12. How are they 40 to 1? Does that make sense to you, Jeff? Uh, I don't they have one know. I think, I, think, I think you think they're the favorite in the Big 12. I think there's people that don't think they're the favorite in the Big you, 12. You think that Texas is really a better team or West Virginia? And I mean, that's all there is there. But I think some Texas people Tech? think that no. Texas is the better team because of Tom Herman, who everyone thinks is a great coach. And they already like beat them. They don't have a loss in the Big 12 yet. 
So I don't know. I think there's probably people that would argue that Texas has is a better team than Oklahoma. And I maybe mean, you think that's completely incorrect, but that's why your numbers differ than right, the market. What, what would you make the gap between those two teams on a neutral field? I mean, I really don't know. Like, I mean, I I saw them play, and Texas beat them, right? Right. You were the and one Texas that was calling me out for saying a team moves based off of one game. That's one. Well, game. but no, no, no. But like, you're you're basing this now like the difference on priors, right? You're not Brian. You're not basing this. If you just base it on the season, what, what Oklahoma has been better for the season as well. Okay. Um, so, but that you're right. You're right. I, I do think we should look. Let's let's see where I had them for priors. I know I had Oklahoma pretty high. I had Oklahoma to start the season at number eight. I had Texas to start the season at number seventeen. That's not a huge huge gap. And and right now, the um, but what is what is the what is that gap? Not in terms okay, of ranking, but in the terms gap of in points. terms of points. That's a very good question. The gap in terms of points, Oklahoma was 19, Texas was... The gap in terms of points was four and a half points. The gap now is nine points. So the gap is even bigger now. The gap now. is even bigger, exactly. So I think it's a perception thing. Huh. I think okay. Oklahoma is the best offense in the country. Okay. So get it. Like, that's where... Get it. That's where you differ from the market. It is. And like, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone that's non-analytical would look at the, what's happened this season and think like, oh my God, like, I think Oklahoma's better relative to Texas than I thought they were at the beginning of the season. So that's interesting. Really? Okay. Well, I think just, just look at the results on the field, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm just saying like, just think about this from like have empathy for the other point of view. And the other point of view is that Texas beat them on the field three. has only lost one game early. The first game of the season, maybe like something was happening and they like overlooked Maryland because Maryland was having all those issues. Right. This they is the narrative. Tulsa, wait, wait, can, can I say t- Texas beat Tulsa by seven? They, they blew out USC. Yes. Um, they beat Kansas state by only five and beat Baylor by only six. Those are games that a top team would win by a lot more, or you'd expect them to. Now, I know Oklahoma struggled with Army, and but aside from that, I mean, they blew out Baylor by 33. They beat Ohio State by 10. They beat UCLA by 28. They beat Florida Atlantic by a gazillion. I mean, they haven't, they basically have. Wait, they, beat, they didn't beat Ohio State. Did I say, I said, I didn't say Ohio State, Iowa State. They beat Iowa no. State by 10. You said Ohio State. Well, the Cyclones, they beat the Cyclones. That was last year they beat Ohio State. They did. And Baker Mayfield was quite happy about it. Yes. So, yeah, so there's a big gap there. Um, back to the futures, though, the last team, um, I actually don't show value on them at the Westgate, but a team that sort of moved up and we did not show any value on in previous weeks, now they're kind of dangerously close to being uh, a positive EV bet, is Michigan. I make them 21 to 1 now. They're 28% to make the playoff. You can get them at 20 to 1 at the Westgate. I don't know if other books have better prices, probably, but that's something that's sort of we're, we're not rehashing the same, the same old, same old, at least. No, but I mean, that was remember when I picked Michigan like two weeks ago, that was the narrative, right? The narrative was they were a team that like was very, um, like people thought highly of them. They lost in the first game of the season. 
in a game that you said that you thought they should have won from what that what happened on the field from a predictive standpoint right and then, they, and, then they, and then they were unbelievably defensively they kept winning games and they have won every game on the field until now they have, so that makes sense yeah it's going to come down to that to, to the november 24th matchup in columbus against ohio state i think that's yeah. that's where that's where the uh the big 10 is going to be decided if they so, win that they have the tiebreaker obviously Probably play. And then they Wisconsin go and against Wisconsin, and they're going to win Iowa. that game. Yeah, or yeah. Iowa. I mean, so Michigan just blew out Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. So uh, we don't. Talk... Th- Sorry. Go ahead. Did you want to talk about the other movers? Sure. After last week, um, I think a lot of these are pretty obvious for the top teams. Oklahoma improves from seven to five, despite having a bye, just because of the carnage. Um, Michigan five to four, LSU up from twelve to nine after blowing out Georgia. Florida moves up from fifteen to twelve. Utah twenty-seven to eighteen, and Iowa cracks the top twenty-five. They move uh, thirteen points from thirty-four to twenty-one. On the other on the other side, uh, Ohio State falls again for the second straight week. They go from number four to number six. They've like, I mean, they gave up. Um, it, it, looking at the numbers against Minnesota, they won by sixteen, but. They they were clearly the worst team. They gave up 7.8 yards per play to Minnesota. That's adjusted for home field advantage. And Minnesota, this is the same team that um, only had 3.7 yards per play and gave up 9.2 in a 29-point road loss to Maryland. So the Ohio State defense, which was preseason number seven, is all the way down to number 20 now. Uh, Notre Dame falls from 8 to 10. Um, Miami from 11 to 14, and they're kind of out of the picture now. Auburn who we thought, I thought at least, was going to be so good early in the season. Uh, they now have, what, three losses? They're, but they're still the a top, they're still the number 15 team. They drop five points. TCU drops from 19 to 25, and West Virginia falls out of the top 25 from 20 to 28. So those are, those are the CFB movers and shakers. Interesting. Yeah, well, I think it's the Michigan thing is very interesting because is going to come down to that game, Michigan versus Ohio State. So we'll see what happens. You know, if that game, if Michigan was at home, I think what Michigan... Do you, what be, do you make Ohio State for, to win the national championship? What do I make them to win the national championship? Uh, uh, 12.8 to 1. And Michigan's so, 21 to 1. Even though Michigan is now, for the first time all season, uh, they're, they have a higher rating than Ohio State does. But the problem is that game is going to be in so, Columbus. That so in Columbus, in, in Columbus, you're going to think that game should be about even then, right? No, because the difference between them is minimal. It's so fine. So less than a field, point. less than so, a field goal. Michigan, yeah. uh, sorry, Ohio State by less than a field goal. Yeah, it should be about a field goal spread. A little less. Yeah, two and a half. What do you think the spread will actually be? I think it'll probably be three, three and, and a half, half, four. Yeah, I, I bet it'll be three and a half just because of their history and whatnot. It'll be a good game. There'll be a lot on the line. There, it, might that, not, it might not be a good game. It might be a blowout. And there might be nothing on the line if Michigan loses. Well, actually, no. If they, if let's say Michigan loses a a game before then, they still they would have one. Um, they would still be playing for the Big Ten uh, for the Big Ten East, right? Yeah. But their chances for the playoff would be much slimmer because they're one loss out of conference. I mean, it's a big game for Michigan fans regardless, but 
it, I do think it'll be a big game for the national championship race. And and sort of what happened this weekend kind of ensures that a Big Ten team looks like they're going to make it, Michigan or Ohio State, whichever whichever one um, comes out of the Big Ten. And Ohio State, even if they lose to Michigan, let's say Michigan then drops uh, the title game or Michigan had a loss before that, a one-loss Ohio State team's not out of it. I think we make them a 25% chance to make the playoff. Like a one-loss Ohio State team that does not even make it to the conference championship. I mean, that's kind of what's always been the case with Ohio State, right? They, they're they always in it until they're not. <laughs> I think, And even sometimes when they're not, they get back in it. They're always in it until they have two losses. And I mean, you saw a few years ago, they made it in that same circumstance. And last year, you had Bama making it despite losing to Auburn and failing to make it to the SEC title game. Well, they Ohio State won the national championship in a very similar situation. Right, yeah. That was a few years ago. Yeah, that was the game where you and I argued about it. It was Ohio State versus Oregon. And... Cardale Jones. What's that? Cardale, a quarterback, remember? Mm-hmm. Of course. The backup quarterback that no one believed was good. Okay, yeah. so let's move on to the, this week's picks. Last week, I went two and three. I had TCU minus seven over Texas Tech, and that quarterback's not very good. And then Duke plus three over Georgia Tech, which was pretty easy winner. Virginia Tech minus six over UNC, which was a loser. Washington minus three over Oregon, which arguably should have probably pushed. And Memphis plus four over UCF, which was a winner. And what? Rufus. Wait, why should Washington minus three have pushed? They missed like a short field goal really? at the end of regulation. That would have won that would have won it. That would have won it for them and it would have been a push. Yeah, I had a lot of close losses. I had Northwestern minus four against Nebraska. Um, but that's uh, not really a, that's not really a close no, loss, right? Down. Because the way the game played out, it wasn't a close loss. True. Uh, Missouri plus twenty eight at Alabama is a close loss. That was for sure a close that's loss. A one point loss. USC minus seven uh, against Colorado was a winner. Rutgers plus twenty five and a half. That lost. Well, how much did they lose by? I mean, that was a loss. I thought that was fairly close. It was close. They but they were getting dominated. They almost backdoored it at the end, but like it was it was definitely a deserved loss. Yeah. And then Washington minus three at Oregon. So one and four. We did not have a good week. Not in college. So I'm I'm sixteen and fourteen on the year. Barely above profitability. Jeff, you're fourteen and sixteen. Mm-hmm. But I already so, I I actually said that you shouldn't follow my college. It's just here for entertainment purposes. Okay. Okay. So let's move on to this week's picks. Let's go. Guess what, Jeff? I actually did some research while I was on my flight today. I wrote out some stuff. Okay. In my hour-long flight. So my first pick is Georgia State plus 14.5 over Arkansas State. Um, Everyone is kind of bigger on Arkansas State because of the new quarterback they have in place. I still contend that Georgia State is getting value because of how bad they've been historically or in recent years. So I think 14 and a half is too many points. Who can you tell me about the quarterback? The new quarterback that Arkansas yeah. state has is this, is this, why was this guy not playing in previous weeks? I think he's young. Ah, so and I bent, think they decided they bent, to go okay. to him. Yeah. That, this starter. was what, this is why um, the line last week moved so much when you ended up with Arkansas state. Ah, Okay. Do you not remember this? Arkansas no, State do. against App State? I do. It moved all the way up to 11 from like eight and a half. And I took mm-hmm. plus 11 and it did not win. But I, I kind of agree with you there. I agree with you on, on uh, I like Georgia State too. 
My first pick is going to be UCF laying 21 at East Carolina. Um, ECU beat UNC, but like, so that's kind of, that's their only win. Uh, but they're quite horrid on offense. They started ranked number 114 in Massey Peabody. They're all the way up to 109. And UCF, like, they're coming off a closer game than expected against Memphis, but um, they're, they're clearly a much better team here. By closer game than expected, you mean, what do you mean by that? Well, UCF was, I mean, what was the final score? Didn't they win by one? <laughs> they were four-point favorite, yeah. But I think relative to perception, I mean, they've, sorry, they played worse than expected. They, they had to come, I mean, they had a furious second-half rally to win. Right. They were down big at the half. Yes. Did okay. you have a second half bet on that game? No, but I had Memphis in that game, remember? That was right. my thing. No, but you didn't have them in second half? Uh, no. I had Memphis in second you? half. Yeah. I got no, them I like a, a nice, a nice, attractive big money line that did not cash. Okay. My second pick is Kansas plus 20 and a half over Texas Tech. And this is just because from a bet the process standpoint, this is our team, Kansas. Kansas, seriously. And, and I, I got to take too. them over. What's that? I like it too. I, I wrote it down as my number six pick, but I only had five that I had to do. <laughs> Did that line move up though? It was it was 19 and a half this morning. Are you just trying to... It was 20 and a half when I put in um, my plays. So it's I'm looking at it right now. It's 20. We can call it 20. Let's call it 20. Okay. <laughs> we'll call it 20. Okay, I'm going to take Syracuse minus eight and, eight and a half against UNC. Um, UNC has been pretty bad. Their opponents had a higher play success in every game except week one against Cal. And I think this is kind of an overreaction too. Syracuse is coming off a loss to Pitt, who hasn't been very good, and USC or UNC had a close game against Virginia Tech. Yeah. For uh, UNC, a close game is a win. Well, but they've gotten a bunch of guys back, so they should theoretically have higher expectations now. No, it's true. And actually, that isn't really factored in there, but um yeah back from the suspensions um that was i think that i think that in injuries they got the quarterback back that's supposed to be better so the quarterback that's supposed to be better we we know a lot of specifics about these teams no i forget his name it's like uh uh, well we can look it up but you don't need to know names names are whatever Vision. All right, my next pick is Memphis plus nine and a half over Mizzou. Okay. Just think, just think Memphis is better. They're like a decent team. This is like when they get to play an SEC team that just lost to Alabama. I like them in this spot. Yeah. And that line is that line's a little inflated. It started seven. It's up to nine and a half. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Arizona plus seven at UCLA. This is like a big overreaction one for me. Uh, UCLA won by 30 against Cal last week. And whereas Arizona is coming off a blowout um, loss to Utah, they got creamed, right? I think by, I forget how many, a lot of points. And so um, I think, the, yeah, I think these teams are actually fairly close and in, in, they're both in the 60s in terms of mass CPUID rating. And so I'll take the seven points. Makes sense. Uh, the same kind of thought process is that I'm going to take Cal minus six and a half over Oregon State. 
They got blown out. Everyone saw that. That was very public. But I still think Cal is a pretty good team. Their defense is good. They have a great coach. And I like them minus a six and a half. Yeah. Okay. Okay, for, Rufus, this is your turn. You have ah, tons of back. This is ton, you have tons of background noise this entire podcast. Really? Are there are people at your place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm we hear every time them. they leave. We hear place. every we hear every time they leave. We hear every time they come. We hear every time they I, shut I the keep door. Even. Anyway, okay. I'm gonna take Washington minus 15 against. Hold on, Colorado. hold on. I need to yeah. I need to note this because I need to tell the editor when when this editing needs to happen. Uh, when do we start? This is 11:24. Okay. Sorry. Three, two, one. For my fourth pick, I'm gonna take Washington minus 15 against Colorado. Adjusting for home field advantage, Washington actually outgained Oregon 6.6 to 4.4 yards per play last week, despite losing by three. And Colorado lost by 11 to USC, but that game was actually much more, they should have actually lost by a lot more fundamentally. Um, Their offense had 3.3 yards per play adjusted for home field and only 28% play success. And also Washington just has a baseline talent level that's, that's much higher. Their prior is a lot higher. And yeah, they've underachieved, but you, you, you can't throw out priors. If there's anything we've ever taught you, it's not to throw out priors. Right? Right. Okay, my fifth pick is Van, is uh, Vanderbilt. <laughs> Somehow this auto-corrected Vancouver. on our dog to Vancouver. <laughs> Vancouver plus 11 over Kentucky. Actually, it's Vanderbilt. Uh, Kentucky still, to, in my mind, a little bit overrated. I like this. I think it's just too many points. Too many points. I'm going to take. What say you on? What say you on the number? On Vanderbilt? No, on Vancouver. On Vancouver. Um, thirteen point six. No, so you like Kentucky a little bit then? Yeah, no real, no real value. But I'll take uh, Mississippi State plus six and a half at LSU. Feels like a lot of these are sort of overreaction games, doesn't it? Like. I'm, I'm but I'll, I mean, always. But that's always the case, right? Yeah, I just never like actually dig this stuff up to see why I like the team. But LSU is the number eight team in the Or no, they had the number eight performance last week, despite winning by twenty against Georgia. So they uh, they were actually they graded out slightly worse than Duke and Purdue. So it wasn't actually the ass whooping a lot of people think, um, at least in terms of predictive value for it. Mississippi State's the number 13 team in the country coming off a bye. That bye should help them. I think the game will be closer than six and a half. All right. There we go. So let's move on to the most talked about subject on Twitter over the last week in gambling Twitter. Scott Van Pelt. (laughs) What's so funny about this whole thing is like we like spoke volumes about how much we like SVP, et cetera. And then we just talked about this one theory that he espoused, which was the fade the public kind of thing. And I tweeted out about it as kind of a joke because there was what the Thursday night game where the Eagles were minus two and a half to start. And then they went down to minus one, even though they were the supposed public side. And so most people were saying, oh, this is the classic reverse line movement, all this kind of stuff. And I was like legitimately confused. I'm like, so, okay, at this point, who is the public side? Who's the public side? So and wait, I just was, didn't know. 
was the Sorry, narrative God. that the Giants like plus three was like the sharp play or plus two and a half or whatever just because yeah. people yeah because it was the it was so you don't pay attention to the shit people say but they talk about things like classic reverse line movement this is like a Chad Nilman special where X percentage is on one side but it moves the other way and blah 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 and this is the classic reverse line movement like the Fibonacci so, sequencing thing that makes it yeah I I mean so literally I was actually like not trolling SVP like I was just saying like for all you people that believe the public side or bet against the public, what's the public side? Like, I'm just, I'm just curious. And this started a ridiculously long chain where like people's manhood was being questioned or something because people were getting so angry about everything. And the whole funny thing was that your friend Spanky just kept trying to throw himself in there and talk about how he moves lines and how he's, feared and how he's like this and how he's that and what's so funny about that is like you and i know a lot of people that move lines right yeah and none of them are yelling about it on twitter (laughs) they're just happy that they can get down and when they move lines they're kind of sad about it because they can't get more down or wish they didn't right or they like have friends that they want to give plays to and they want to give them value, but if they move lines, then they can't give them any value. So it's just so Spanky says he's not going tout, but don't you think he's going to go tout? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Or do you well. think he just wants to be like a media, like a media darling? He wants Honestly, to have a media career. I have no idea. I don't know. Right now, it's a very interesting t- time in the sports betting world, and it feels like everybody's sort of jockeying for position for something. I don't even know what. Yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, like this notion that anyone should care about whether people believe that they can beat sports betting, the only reason you'd care about it is if you were either going to go tout or you really wanted to be a media entity. And the funny thing about this, and you and I both know this, to be a media personality, it has nothing to do with whether you win or lose. It's how entertaining you are. That's true. So it's like silly that anyone would care about like whether people believe you can beat the market. Like the fact that like SVP made fun of me or made fun of like modeling, we'll never know, but like, who gives a shit? Like who cares if anyone thinks that I can beat the market? Like I'd rather have them think I don't, I can't. So here's a question. Why, why do like the gambling Twitter people care so much about, about, SVP sort of espousing this idea of, of fading. The I, public. I, th- I, I think, I because think that they, I think that they find it insulting. I think that they find the fact that like people who really don't, and this is, again, I don't want, like, we love Scott. We're not trying to attack Scott. Scott has shown that he can beat the market on his television show in a not ridiculously small sample size in a sample size of like something, right? He's proven that. So, this is not attacking him, but the point is you can't, I think the problem that they have is just selling that data of what, no, no, selling that data. The action network stuff. The the selling that data is just horseshit. Right. Because that's what the action network says. They're doing the fade the public thing. And, but it's not just the, it's not, it's not just the action network, right? It's like people sell that horseshit and the action network happened to buy the company that does that. But it's like, yes. But they're not the only people that do that, right? There's people, there's like a lot of this, 
data that people think is like, or they try to sell as valuable and it's like, whatever. So I think that's why gambling Twitter cares about it. Gambling Twitter never wanted to attack SVP. They wanted to attack the notion of what he said at that conference where he said, if 80% of the money is on this, blah, blah, blah. And I think he was just doing, you know, we've been at conferences before, we've done panels. When you do a panel, you say things and it's not like you are like espousing this as a 100% strategy. You're just doing a soundbite because you're on a panel. So, yeah, I mean, but people did call him out and sort of say like, oh, well, if you're picking at this rate, like, why don't you move, like basically doubting his record because, I don't know, because he isn't moving markets and stuff like that. I don't think anyone actually picked at him for not moving markets. They were just, they were basically like, if you, so I was mentioned on every one of those tweets because I was the one that started it all. So I think I read most of those tweets and it was just a crazy, funny argument where people were like, it was basically like what I said. It's like the same thing as I said last week. It's like one of those like whip your dick out and whose dick is bigger contests. It's like, it was silly, right? Like there are a lot of ways we know there's a lot of ways to be a successful sports better. One of the ways we know is not to be a successful sports better. It's just to follow the bet percentages blindly. Agree. So. Do you want to talk about your tweet to Jeff Schwartz? Jeff Schwartz? Oh, Jeff, Geoff. Yeah, Geoff Schwartz. Yeah, he um You realize that's just exactly. pronounced you realize that's just know, pronounced Jeff also. Of course. I, I was just thinking about Jeff like your name. I was like J Jeff. And I did I was like, I don't know a J Jeff Schwartz. But yeah. G Jeff Schwartz, yes. Geoff. Um yeah, he I don't remember the specific tweet, but he said that he almost missed an 18 parlay that he would have only gotten 20 to one on because he was buying points and that it didn't matter that he bought points because I think his, I don't, I don't even remember what his logic was but because it's a long shot. And if you win, you still make a lot of money. I don't know. But um, I mean, I highlighted a few things. The first is that you're going to win, you're going to win seven out of eight teams um, or you're going to win seven out of eight legs of a parlay eight times as frequently as you're going to win all eight legs. So Missing one is, it's not like it's a bad beat, right? No, and then definitely not. Points like, yeah, I, I mean, there's a reason the books offer will let you buy points. Yeah, it's not because they want you to win more. No, not at all. Yeah, it's just, it's just funny. He also got, so here it is. I have it in front of me. He goes, how's that karma? I had an 18 parlay. I could afford to buy points. That's how you win big parlays, parlays. And it was in response to him saying, ECU is going to lose by 22. I bought, I bought points up to 21 and a half for the parlay, and I'm going to lose it by half a point. And then someone was like, oh, that's karma for buying points. And then he goes, LOL, I had an A-team 20 to 1 parlay that I'm going to lose by one game, and people are telling me that I don't know what I'm doing. LOL, yeah, you don't know LOL. LOL. Doing. okay, you show me your big parlay you hit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nobody bets 18 parlays that's winning. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous that, so, How is he this could, guy? Yeah. What, it would why? be fine. It would be fine if they were just touting him as someone that's entertaining, right? He played in the league, et cetera, et cetera. But no one should be following this guy's gambling advice. Exactly. And if he wants to tell me which offensive lines are good and offensive linemen are good, 
and highlight plays, which I think he does, which, um, you know, plays where people make great blocks or things like that. That's cool by me or just his analysis of the NFL in general. But, but yeah, I, I don't want him recommending parlays for me. And I saw <laughs> something else with the action network. They do their like weekly, like 10 team parlay or something like that, where he and Chad and somebody else, like they try to come up with this. I think they try to come up with like a seven team parlay. Like, I, I, I think honestly, I think the, the thing that is most detrimental to the average recreational better is betting parlays. You can look at the stats. You can look at Nevada's, um, the gaming stats, the revenue. That's a, that's a really, the really. Percentage, the hold percentage on parlays, like long term, is in the 20s. On regular straight bets, it's around 4 to 5%. That's a really good point. That's like a very good point in terms of like whether they are helping the average better or not. And the fact that they espouse parlays is like the biggest point that maybe they should stop if they really actually want to help betters. Completely. And, you know, I was actually going through the Action Network app, um, or actually the site, um, the other day, and, and and I was trying to sort of see what content they actually had. And they do have some articles trying to make you a better, a, a smarter sports better and talking about, um, they do mention parlays. Like, so you know, I think the parlays are, are not particularly advantageous, but then they're talking about them like as if they are elsewhere so yeah they know that but like i don't know i don't know why they do that i i don't like it i think it's just the lottery mentality and it's like the it's like the entertainment value like hit an eight game parlay like root for a parlay that's that is fun from a gambling standpoint it's the same reason that i like to play craps well it's true i don't i don't play craps because i think i'm going to make money off it i play it because i'm just having a good time Right, but you're not playing craps with you know you're not you know well I guess you're you're not betting that there'll be two sixes at the same right I mean you're not doing those like no I'm not doing like the hard the hard eight or the yeah yeah the yeah those the bets that are like the long shots basically like the long tail bets right but I mean I do think the average better they don't want to bet twenty dollars to win twenty dollars like you know they want potential for a huge payoff i have a friend in my fantasy football league who's quite a smart guy but but he does like an 18 parlay every week and i'm like why are you doing this and he's like well it's entertainment and so i guess if you if if you accept that it's entertainment and you accept that you're going to lose like expect you're expecting to to lose 40 percent um on the dollar then sure but you can get i think you can do better for your entertainment dollar well, the problem is you can't do that and have the tagline that they do, be a better better. You yeah. can do that and be like, have more fun betting, which is a good <laughs> tagline. No, no, seriously, that's not a bad tagline. Have more fun betting. Do you, do you need like, a subscription to the Action Network to have more fun betting? <laughs> no, but it's a good tagline. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the NFL. We can talk about Pro Football Focus next week. Um, our friend Seth Byrne gave us a lot of ammo for that. But I feel like that might deserve a segment unto itself. I think that's fair. Irregardless of that, let's move on. So from a macro level in the NFL, what changed last week? Anything? Like any... Anything changed. So, okay, here's a good one. So the top four pick, top, top four teams that most people say, or at least Simmons and like Cousin Sal said this. So this is definitive sports fan opinion. Mm-hmm. The top four teams, if you were going to pick four teams to be in the AFC and NFC championship game, it would be 
on the NFC side, the Rams and the Saints. On the AFC side, it'd be the Patriots and the Chiefs. What one do you agree with that? And two, what team would you take outside of those four to break into that four? Um, one, yes, I do agree with that. Two, outside of those four, I would say the most likely team is going to be. Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. Tell me your pick. Or do you have your pick? I have it in my head. Philly? Nope. Minnesota? Nope. Whoa. Oh, Pittsburgh? Nope. Baltimore? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Baltimore. They've, they're an interesting team, honestly. I, I did a little bit of uh, digging into them on my flight, too, so I have things to say about them. Because... Um, you know, that's why you, that's why you picked them because you just wanted to be able to talk about them. No, they're actually it, it's a it's a funny coincidence, but they do have a they do have a twelve point four percent chance to make the Super Bowl, five point seven percent to win it. So I just, is there, is there value on their futures? Because, because they're the individual player rating model has them much lower than the Massey Peabody model, and so I was kind of curious, like what have they been doing so well? And they're a team like, you know, Joe Flacco's their quarterback. You didn't really expect a lot out of him because he's one of the the bottom tier quarterbacks in the NFL. But like, how have they been doing it? I haven't watched any games, so I kind of look, like dug into the numbers. Last week, for example, they were twelve for seventeen on third down, while while Tennessee was only one for ten. So um, their their offense has been basically what we thought it would be. It's been pretty bad, like twenty seventh in yards per play, 29th in running back rushing, twentieth in play success. But they've been third in uh, third and fourth down play success, which, as we talked about last week, is going to be more indicative of having been lucky. It's more explanatory than predictive. They also, interestingly, have 44 third-down conversions on the year, which is most in the NFL. And, like, one team only has 14, the Cardinals. So that's quite a lot. But they've also run 25 more plays, uh, the Ravens have, than any other team in football. But where they've been really good is their defense, which is number one in yards per play and pass average and play success. And number it's number one on third and fourth down play success. So they've been, I mean, it's been good, and, and they haven't really had any a bunch of turnover luck or anything. They've only recovered one of seven opponent fumbles. So, like, I think their defense is pretty legit. But part of it is the fact that their offense. Think about this: their offense has been so good on on uh, third on third down. I think they were forty four for ninety one on the year. They've been able to stay. The defense has been able to stay off the field. They've only um, they've run their opponents have run eighty three fewer plays than they have. So I, I mean, I, I do wonder, and this is not analytics speaking, but I do wonder if you're, if you have fewer plays, if are you able to, are you going to be better because you're fresh and, you know, opponents are playing from behind. Um, I mean, if, if they were, but, but fewer, fewer plays also means that you probably, if your opponents have fewer plays, it probably means that you converted a lot of third downs. Right. That's what I'm saying. Which we believe, did. Right. Which we believe is like somewhat not predictive. And actually one of those stats we think that is, um, very correlated to winning, but less predictive in terms of going forward. Did, did you fall asleep when I was talking, or did what I did? Did the actual nugget of information get lost in the sea of? I'm just reiterating it. Sometimes I reiterate stuff. That's cool. Do you ever just iterate? Is Sometimes I iterate. 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 Um, no, my question though was that: Does the fact that their opponents have run so few plays mean that? the defensive stats are kind of not as um, not quite as impressive or that 
Like if if they if their opponents had run more plays, would they be able to sustain that level of play? That was that was kind of the the question I thought I posed. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I I understand what you're getting at, but I just I think that's probably hard to know, and it's not even like that big a sample size. So on either side, so it's hard to know if that's true or not. No, and the Ravens haven't really had a, a really tough schedule either. So we'll we'll we'll. Those numbers I gave you were just raw numbers, not unadjusted. But I still, I mean, they do have. I, th- I still think they have legit defense, and and they're they're the favorites in the AFC North. Well, only forty four percent to win the division, but it's you know it's it's a pretty wide open division except for the Browns. Yeah, we have Cincy futures, Cincy. Yeah, I do too. Cincy and Ravens. I said we have Cincy Futures. Ah, we as a podcast yay. get together, Rufus. Um, so if you think that we're going to make a t-shirt and we're going to have a tagline on it, should be should it be Rufus is a dog's name? It should be irregardless, Rufus is a dog's I name. Think I think, oh, no, that's too many. I think we should have one that just says irregardless and the other one that says that Rufus is a dog's name. I like that. I'm yeah, down. Let's do it. Let's see if R- anyone I mean, will buy the these. Dog's name, etc. No, you say we can make three uh, T-shirts out of this. One can say etc. The other one can say Rufus is a dog's name. The other one can say regardless. It'll say etc. Right, not etc. I don't really know what you're saying. Okay, let's move on to this week's picks. So last week. My NFL betting, my NFL picks are good so far. 17, 10, and 2. So in a sample size of 29 bets, I'm crushing it. How do I only have 20? We must have missed one. Because shouldn't I have 30 bets total? You, you should. You were the one that tallied it up. We need to do a recount at some point. We'll, we'll, well, we, we'll have do it all in this doc. We have it all in this doc. We do. We'll do a recount and we'll put it on Twitter. Okay. So if you want our official so, records, it'll be on Twitter. Last week, I had mini minus 10 over Arizona, which was a push. The Chargers minus one over Cleveland, which was a win. The Jets minus two and a half over Indy, which was a win. The Niners plus nine and a half over Green Bay, which was a winner. And Chicago minus three over Miami, which was a loser. Uh, You had Oakland plus three in a game that maybe you should actually do a little bit more research and know who the home. What's funny is like when you pick that when you pick that game. I was going to ask you, you realize that game is in Oakland, and I didn't want to insult you, sorry, in London, and I didn't want to insult you with that comment. Well, I, apparently I mentioned something about the weather in Oakland when I picked it, too. So people called me out on Twitter about that, and I was like, yes, I made a mistake. Oops. The first London game every year seems to get catch me by surprise. Like, I don't learn. But I figured, I mean, you know, I gave it out, right? It's like if I had placed a bet, if I had placed a bet based on that, like, I would have had to live with the bet. And actually, I did, and I had to buy out myself um and so um it was amazing it was an oops pick yeah seriously so this is the life of a professional better (laughs) he's buying out of his bets because he accidentally put one down without knowing the home team was not the home team like there's the little neutral column in the google doc we have set up and and you know i mean (laughs) but this is like someone someone forgot to check neutral if you can't laugh about this, if you can't understand that, like, we all make mistakes and like we give people shit, but like, you know, like RJ, that was the only time he'd ever made a parlay math mistake and you gave him shit about it. So you deserve to be blocked. Do I deserve to be blocked for that, though? That was a joke, Rufus. Okay. <laughs> it was a joke. Yeah. 
You really like over all these years, never know when I'm kidding. That's because you don't kid a lot in person. I do if I'm in a good mood. Okay, yeah. so are you in a good uh, mood in Barcelona? I'm in a great mood. I just had like wonderful, wonderful food. I had the best monkfish I've ever had in my life at this place called Bar Brutal, which is has the best natural wine selection in Barcelona. But natural wine, had, which is like grapes. Someone's told me about this. It's just grapes, right? And they just like... Yeah, they don't like do anything, anything to anything like... In it's, it. There's no chemistry so involved weird. in it. They just, yeah. Just and so, yeah. So I went, I went there and I had this wonderful octopus with butternut squash and then this monkfish which was with a horseradish sauce that was delicious it was like i mean i've probably had monkfish i've cooked monkfish monkfish is delicious but this was the best monkfish i'd ever had okay Um, yeah and was the natural one good nice natural one was great it was great it was um yeah it was it was good i mean like i don't really know if i have a sensitive palate to know the difference between natural wine and not natural wine but it was delicious so okay okay so back uh, to and then so you had, had buffalo you had buffalo plus yeah. 10 at houston which was a winner which was almost like an outright winner that was amazing yep you had dallas i had i had a houston dallas. last week in survivor by the way so that was dicey uh dallas plus three juiced versus jacksonville which was a really easy winner yep. the charters minus one at cleveland uh, easy how about this game grades new england enough. versus kc what is what was it i do not have that in front of me um <sighs> but in terms of who went up in the rankings um i believe that kansas city played the better game that was that would have been my guess so i was wondering about that as a new england yeah. fan yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, okay, so let's move on to this week's picks. Uh, I'm going to yeah, start New with fell. New England fell. I, I can confirm New England fell in the ratings. And so Casey Kansas had a City. better game rating. So Casey should have covered in your in the yes. Rufus world. They should have. Okay, um, but I, I want to highlight. So it was yeah, my picks for NFL weren't that great here. I mean, what three and two that's still winning but it but it was we had a the massey peabody once had a huge week we, we, picks. we don't talk about the massey peabody picks when they do shitty so let's not talk about when them they do well that's fair good point okay so washington minus one and a half over dallas that's my first pick okay i'm gonna take chicago plus and right it, it was when i looked it was between three and three and a half well how do we want to what do we want to put that as i think you can take three and a half i saw it at three and a half yeah it's juiced Okay. I mean, let, let, let's stick with the Asian handicap here. Go 3.25. Right. Um, yeah, against New England. So uh, that's that's one where the player model and the and the Massey Peabody model differ, but the it's still strong enough that it's a pick. Um, the Massey Peabody loves it. So I'm going to take Tampa minus three over Cleveland. You also have that. Oh, we have a lot of agreeing we picks this week. Yeah, we yeah, have that's three either of our good. five are in agreement. So why don't we just let's yeah. So these will and be then you. Yeah, and then we both have the Jets plus three and a half over Minnesota. You have it at three and a quarter. It's probably three and a quarter. That's fine. We'll Asian handicap that shit. Yeah. Asian yeah. handicapping with the Asian. <laughs> and we have, you have to have an Asian on the podcast if you want to do the Asian handicap. Well, it's just like the in the Seinfeld episode where the guy becomes uh, Jewish just so he can make Jewish jokes, and he's also <laughs> a dentist, and so he can make dental jokes, and so he basically has the monopoly on making jokes. 
so he can make anti-Semitic jokes and anti-Dentite jokes. I actually remember that episode. It's a great episode. All right. And then I'm going to take New Orleans, which you're also going to take, plus yep. two and a half at Baltimore. That was obvious, right? From Massey Peabody's beginnings, that's the team that they loved. We love the Saints. Right, because their offense is great. And then I'm going to take Jacksonville minus five over Houston. And what's funny is I was actually debating between this pick and your pick, which is Buffalo plus seven and a half at Indy. And by the way, the difference, like this is just a recent. By the way, do you know who's starting for Buffalo? Yes, I do. Derek Anderson. Yeah. I would have made that line like. The line was going to be ten with uh, with Peterman, and now it's basically five. It's it's like the, Peterman. I, I tweeted out that he bas- he might have broken Massey Peabody model. Like like they're so he's so bad. So Derek Anderson. So, I, I, it doesn't do you worry? Do you worry coming you, off the street and doesn't know the offense? Right. Do like, you worry about that? Yeah, a little bit. But honestly, I had to pick it because I have to have a fifth pick. And the really this week the lines are. I mean, there's not a ton of value out there. So it, it was. It, it, I mean. There's not a lot of big edges. Yeah. I, maybe but, that line goes up, so maybe wait on that line. It's definitely not going to go down. I don't know. You think it but goes Buffalo seven? Very, Buffalo is a very good defense. Their defense has been quite good. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's very good. Yeah. Their offense is just horribly abysmal. But <laughs> No, so epically let, abysmal. Let's recap these, though, just because we have yeah. three in, in agreements. So the three picks that we both have are Tampa Bay minus three, the Jets plus three and a quarter and the Saints plus two and a half. And then the, um, my two other ones are Chicago and Buffalo and Jeff yours are Washington and Jacksonville. Yep. Okay. And that's it. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for joining me in Barcelona and Rufus in Washington, DC. This is another episode of Bet the Process. We'll see you guys next week.